Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange and Shar in the studio. Uh, Aaron, unfortunately, was not able to join us for this interview, but it is a really special one. I know I say that a lot, but um, I'm interviewing one of my really good friends, Marina Stankov-Hodge, and uh, she... I'm not really going to, I'm just going to let you listen. And uh, <laughs> um, this one was a good one, everybody. Yeah, it just, it was, it's really powerful. I think we touch on 50 million different topics. Um, she, she's so inspirational. I, I don't even have the adjectives for this. Yeah, no. Uh, well, <laughs> what's funny is when we were planning this week, because, I wanted to have her on for and a you long wanted time, to, you, but... you wanted to have her on and um you know Aaron's on vacation and so we were trying to figure out you know like what we were gonna do uh you know without her and uh you brought up Marina and uh and then you said that you know she might you know sing a song or do something and and I saw so, like I kind of came in half blind of not really knowing what she was gonna bring to the table mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> Because oh, you've yeah. met her, but you haven't really, right? You know, exactly, and so it was like and she's incredible. Oh my god! And so it was like uh, when she came in, and then you guys started, you know, when we started when we started rolling, it was like holy crap, what a story! Yeah, and I don't want to give away yeah, the exactly. adjectives <laughs> that you that you that you that you called her, but I mean, she really is like just this. I coined a, a title for her. I found know, a way. <laughs> For for lack of anything else, she's like a unicorn of all kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she shares just a small part of her story, and then at the end, stick around to the end because uh, she sings a song for us. And I'm just gonna say, I was crying. I'm a mess. Uh, and as she was leaving today, I was just like, thank you. I don't know. I feel like I've just been through therapy. I just feel emotionally just so full. And um, yeah, I don't. You know, it's very rare that I. I feel this strongly and at, after an interview, it's just... It's a real, I mean, yeah, the, this was a very <laughs> nice, pleasant surprise of... An, I mean, like, I wasn't expecting that we were going to have a bad op, bad episode, but this was like, oh my gosh, this was, this was really fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you're going to... I feel like you're going to learn. I feel like you're going to be emotionally involved and, and hopefully inspired by her story, so... Yeah. Um, before uh, we get into the interview, uh, let's get into the socials. Right. Uh, Don't forget to check us out online, www.bitchtalkpodcast.com. That's where you can find all of our socials. Please rate and review us. It really helps a lot. We're starting to get some momentum in terms of sponsorship, and, and we'd love more because it's it's not easy and it's not cheap to, to run this thing. So. Yeah, and the, uh, this is the, I mean, the subscribe and the, and the ratings uh, kind of... I've said it before, it really bumps us up to the next level in terms of how we get viewed and um, and how we get put in front of people. So that makes a big difference. A huge difference. And, and, and we appreciate you as always. Thank you for listening. And uh, in, enjoy this interview with one of uh, the gifts that San Francisco has given me, which is a friendship with Marina Stankovic. So excited to be with not only someone that I'm lucky enough to call a friend, but definitely somebody that I put on a pedestal. She's really special. Your life is an inspiration to me, and we're just going to shoot the shit. This is Marina Stankov. I don't think I've ever said your whole name. I don't think so either. Nobody does. Because you've never been in trouble by me. That's why. (laughs) Do you have a middle name? Jacqueline. Oh, well, learn things every day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
welcome. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because when I was thinking of, oh, I have to introduce her, how do I even label you? You know what I mean? You have so many different facets of your life and each separate facet could be an episode in and of itself. So let's just talk and then our listeners can decide. Well, <laughs> I'm excited because you brought a guitar. So Yeah, oh, and that's, that's and that's something I've never heard your music that you've been making as of late. So I'm excited about that too. So uh, this is a learning experience for me too, even though I've known you for 15 years now, something like that. Probably more. Yeah, 20, I don't know, yeah. whatever. So anyway, let's just start at the beginning. Where were you born? Let, tell me about your childhood. Mm, all right, so I was born in Colorado to, let's see, I was I lived there until I was about 18, and then... Well, tell me about your my uh, childhood. Yeah, your, we'll or, your, your <laughs> well, kidding. I love, well, I love, because you're biracial, I love hearing your stories of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the the background of the beauty and the difficulties in that yeah well if 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 we're going to that the the interesting part of all that is you know both of my parents had a lot of similarities in terms of the stuff that kind of matters um both grew up in rural settings um farm folks not like the most well-off but decent enough and worked really hard to get to where they were but they grew up in completely different parts of the world um obviously one from serbia formerly known as Yugoslavia, then all the wars they have every 10 years made it Serbia. <laughs> and then um, my dad, in born in San Francisco, raised in Fresno, they met <laughs> and at a how? party. I mean, yeah. how the hell? Yeah. So my, Their my, story is so special. Yeah, it's really sweet. So they, they actually met at a party, um, had a one-night stand. <laughs> Let's be real. As you do. Yeah, as you do. And they never lied about that. Um, and my dad was in theater. My mom saw him at a play, and my mom was... Um, when she came out of Serbia, her ticket out of the country was to um, be a meteorologist. She didn't speak any English. She just knew science. And so, you know, in, in former communist countries, is they are really educated, but they don't have a lot of industry. Mm -hmm. So part of the brain drain that happened in Eastern Europe and in China um, resulted in my mom coming over and becoming a meteorologist. And also before she left, there, one of the reasons why that happened was because her brother um, she had she had gotten pregnant um, and actually almost died having an abortion by her aunt. So this is like heavy stuff, but it's real. <sighs> okay, can yeah. we pause for a second? Pause. <laughs> that was yeah. a lot of fucking information. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. First of all, I love hearing a story of an educated woman yeah. from another country coming here and being able to follow that passion that she had in her country. Because oftentimes you'll see. Just in my Lyft driver the other day, someone from Brazil mm -hmm. who is an educated man but can't get a job. Right. Education means nothing when you come out here. Right. So you kind of just scrape by. Sure, yeah. But I love hearing a story of some somebody who comes and brings those talents and yeah. is able to use them here because that's really yeah, what it's yeah. all about. And that's yeah. what our country is supposed to be Absolutely, about. Absolutely, which we're losing so much of now. But yeah, so I mean, the the thing with that is that they were very smart in the sense of her brother was like, look, this is how you're going to do this. So it was like you could be educated in a lot of different things, but let's get you something that's going to make it so you can be relevant wherever you go, which was meteorology at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and she also <laughs> was I didn't know this, but later I found out that um, after she passed that she um, was not only the first woman in her field, um, she would write papers and be at the end of the list, basically, because they of, of authors, because that's just how it worked. Uh, yeah. And she's from a communist country and all that. She was the first woman and she was like the first foreign woman. It just wasn't heard of. So for her to even be on there in the first place. And I didn't realize how much of a pioneer she was until later, obviously, as often happens. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you know, this is when she was all starting, had no money. Like I still have the tiny little suitcase she had when she came over. Oh my God. Yeah. Met my dad. Yeah. So she met my dad at this party and, um, had a one night stand. They like saw him at a play and he always liked to play bad guys because he said they were the most interesting and (laughs) easiest. (laughs) And she fell in love with his character and fell in love with him. Um, and this was at a time and in a place where it was not that cool for a mixed race couple yeah, to be together. For sure. Yeah. I saw a news article on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So leading to that, they they wound up, two weeks later, they moved. They were like, hey, let's move in together. Sure, who did that? My mom is also 10 years older than him. Um, and Go Cougar. Yeah, I know, right? And I'm following in her footsteps. I'm looking, yeah. looking up to, yeah. <laughs> another woman for me to look up to. Yeah. Another reason for me to look up exactly. to. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what is it? The high school, what is that movie where he's like, I, that's why I like high school girls. They keep getting younger. And I stay, stay the, the same age. I keep getting is. older, but yeah. they stay the same <laughs> yeah, age. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I love it. And Matthew yeah, McConaughey, yeah. his finest. Yes, I love him. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she, they moved in together. Then they were like, oh, no pets. They're like, oh, just one cat. So they got a cat. Then like, oh, we don't want to get married. Then oh, let's just get married. I got married. And then <laughs> love like, is a crazy thing right, like that, right? Right. No, All of a sudden, everything you ever thought you gets thrown out the window. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's like, no kids. And then here I am. Um, they're just one and the interesting part about that is that um my dad at 26 had me and then immediately got a vasectomy <laughs> so that was fun I, I would argue that it's because we've made the perfect specimen that's There's what i say no need for any more <laughs> thanks for backing me up on that <laughs> well i th- i say that about myself too because after <laughs> yeah. my parents had me uh-huh. they w- they're very religious people they went yeah. to the priest and asked if my mom could get her tubes tied they like oh, really? begged him <laughs> oh my like, god we're tired <laughs> and what and the priest gave the yes blessing? he gave them permission wow yeah i don't know what they would have done if he didn't I mean, there'd be more, I guess. so many of you. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> I would like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so, okay, have so you... that happened. Vasectomy happened. But I think the reasoning what I was told is that because, which often happens after women deliver babies, um, they get lightheaded and kind of swoon and pass out for a second because they lose a lot of blood. Um, and so my dad saw that. And at his 26-year-old man, which we all know that 26-year-old men, <laughs> we know and love them, but sometimes they're not completely We'll say men yet. in quotations. Let's say men they're, in quotations. They're working on it. Yeah, we're... <laughs> I'd agree. Well, and your mother, to bring it back, yeah. almost died uh, right. having an yeah. abort. I mean, there's, not there was a lot to worry about. Anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And talk about another fucking timely topic with Brett Kavanaugh's oh my nomination. God. Yeah. It's just disgusting. I Kamala know. Harris, I love you. I know. Keep repping. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, those are things. And, and I mean, we'll get into that, I'm sure, later. But in terms of my profession and like the activism around birth work and women's health, it really trickles down to the whole society right so mm-hmm. my dad doing his part got a vasectomy and um, <laughs> which was wonderful and then yeah I've been his I was his role dog my first my first memory was me on the back of his bike before I was even one and you poking know, at his butt yeah with my toe with my gangrenous <laughs> toe or whatever the hell full circle <laughs> oh my god anyway <laughs> inside joke yeah inside so, baseball anyway so yeah so yeah you were definitely daddy's girl mm-hmm yeah so we yeah, you met my dad. He loved you. Yeah, duh, yeah. back at you. Yeah, so we, so that was that. We, you know, I had my life in Colorado. Took it for granted that there was so much nature and beauty outside. Um, not a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Which, so the, you know, the outside was wonderful, but then like not having references that 
were like me growing up, I feel like it's really important to have those. Representation matters. Yeah. I love I love when you talk about, even just within your family, yeah. how you'd be sitting at a dinner table, but none of you could relate to each other. Right. Because yeah. you all came from such completely right. different. And like, how do you navigate through that? Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. No, and, it, and I think, I mean, my cousin, even my cousins who are there in Sacramento who are mixed, um, we, it's so funny because we're the mixed ones. And so in my black family, they all think we're the same person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. And I just, you get your own table. Yeah. I just stopped. <laughs> yeah. And we look similar. I mean, so not that similar, but whatever. So yeah, that's kind of, that's that. But she's, you know, they're mixed, but they still, their story is so different than mine. Cause my mom was not really accepted by white America because even as a white woman, like, She's an Eastern European white woman. They also don't have the history of slavery. Like I often say that, Mm -hmm. you know, my I want to have a shirt that says I had slavery on both the white and black side. And I came out just fine because my mom's people were slaves to the Turks Mm -hmm. who were my color for like 500 plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they don't have that other side of it. So it's it's an interesting thing. And it's and I also think that, like, I'm really blessed to have the background that I have because not only is like that history that I just spoke on with the slavery on white and black side, but there's also the Balkan, like the word balkanization coming from, um, you know, what they did in Latin America, what they do in Africa, making nation states that are false, that cut families apart, came from the Balkans, which is where my mom came from. So the English and the Italians came there and did that. The British did that mostly there and just repeated it all over the world. So we don't learn that history in our schools for a very good reason because mm-hmm. our country does not want that history to be known. Um, but we if learn you a study, false history yeah, for every part of culture, every th- everything. And mm-hmm. so I feel like if you even study that one and plus two world wars, both world wars started there. It's a very important part of the world to know about because you can see that that same formula has been applied all over the world. Mm-hmm. So and it just it always makes me really upset. Um, that that's not taught, and I feel blessed to have that in my background as well. And my mom, yeah, she's a pioneer. She's a strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, I felt like almost too strong because the the brand of feminism that came out of her generation, I think, is different than the feminism that we have now. Hmm. In in what way? Can um, you explain? I actually recently thought about this, um, and it was relating to like I think her generation has the gift of you know pushing forward and breaking those glass ceilings and being like hey we need the same pay for equal work we need we don't want to be in the home we don't want to do that but then she also came from a very domestic culture and I felt to this disjoint disconnect of wanting to be there for me always like wanting to cook wanting to clean wanting to do these things but also mm-hmm. wanting to make a ton of money at work and like work really hard and you know all that and like now so we're they at battled a point, each other those yeah, two sides yeah and so now we're at a point I think um where, at least for me, I'm like, I want to be the best at whatever I'm good at. I might be the best cook, and that's what I want to do, and that's my domain in my house. Like, I'm not fucking around. Like, this is my shit, right? Mm-hmm. And that might be where I'm at, but I don't want to be, like, I don't necessarily want to be in, like, a, a corporate world. You know, there's plenty of women that want to do that, mm-hmm. but that's not where I'm at. So right. why can't I still be feminist and be in my domestic domain? I don't think And that's absolutely a successful. Exactly. Yeah. There's not one definition of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I love that. It sounds like... <clears throat> the the one thing that that unified the three of you in in your not understanding of each other was this feeling of uh, never feeling fully accepted mm-hmm. and um, exactly. kind of having to fight for your yeah. own validity. Yeah, yeah. So that for was sure. kind of what bonded you yeah. guys. Yeah, was and that strength, and it's clear from your life and your personality that you are mm. a badass. Oh. <laughs> you're a brick wall. You're you're tough. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the difference is 
were enough to keep it interesting, you know, for our growing up. And I think all families, even if everybody looks exactly the same, right, and has the same, roughly the same genetic makeup, like when we all go through times as kids, we're like nothing like our parents or whatever. It's just a little bit more amplified when you actually physically, like just walk in it, like you're perceived differently by outsiders, right? So in the family, I'll take people, I'll walk outside, they'd ask me if I, at five years old, if I was with my mom eating dinner, like if I was going to pay separately, I'm like what five-year-old's going to pay separately, <laughs> first of all, you wow. know, or hmm. like going into Hallmark and this lady saying, watch her, she's black, um, when I'm going to, like thinking I'm going to steal some ceramic wiener dog that's mm. there, and my mom comes in with their thick ass accent and cusses her out, and then my dad she's like all hella confused, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Or you know, there's any number of things you could go on and on, but that kind of stuff is a little bit more compounded and real um, for people of mixed cultural racial backgrounds than it mm-hmm. is for you know more more similar um, physically people. But there's also just within families, there's just so much difference. You know? Right, right. But I love that you were raised aware. Just yeah, talking, sure. talking about yeah. all these things helps. And I yeah. think, uh, is that what led you to want to become a nurse? And, and to, mm-hmm. I mean, like, let, let's talk about that. Did you always know kind of what direction you wanted to go in terms of like helping people and, and being yeah. a community person? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to do both of those things, right? Helping and community. Um, I think I wasn't really sure how I was going to get there. I actually, I've always also been super artistic and at least in my own mind. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm really, you know, that part is always going to be part of my life. Um, But I think, you know, my dad was always really scared about it because he was in theater and then got to a place in his life where he's like, I need to do things for the family. And so kind of relinquished all that, which is what he thought he had to do. I don't really subscribe to that. Um, So for me, I was kind of in this push pull of I want to help people, but I also want to like express my artistic side. So when I went to college, um, I basically said that, you know, I was, I think I started, yeah, I started kind of like a pre-med track, which honestly, I'm like, this doesn't really, the amount of time, like, that I would have to devote to that to, and not devote to any other creative that's endeavors, that's like, that was just life. Not, yeah. not doing it for and me. And then afterwards, as a doctor, right, yeah, that's your it. entire life. Yeah. yeah, and I have oftentimes have had doctors come up to me and say, we wish we would have been nurses, because they're not only that, but they're indebted hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and then have to work for these hospitals or these private company um, private places that they don't even really agree with some of their philosophies so yeah I think it worked out well I didn't know that at the time but the flexibility of being a nurse yeah. too in terms of job opportunities right. And, right. and yeah as somebody that likes to move yeah and, exactly and yeah. live in different places yeah so I just I you know I think at one point I was literally I, I talked to my parents and they helped me with undergrad that was kind of the the deal I had work but it wasn't to pay necessarily for school um but the trade-off was always no matter how many kids you have you have to you have to pay for all of them to go to college and I have none so. <laughs> deal <laughs> yeah. well you're not sending your dog to college <laughs> yeah, exactly. all right pretty hypocritical but so, there you go yeah exactly so no, but, yeah. um but and this is when I, where I come in. This is when I met you. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, uh, exactly. living in San Francisco yeah. in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a roommate of one of my close friends at the, mm-hmm. uh, that that I still am friends with to this day. And I meet you as Nurse Boogie, this yeah. badass breakdancing nurse. <laughs> yeah. Like hey, so there you go yeah your yeah. two worlds for sure. The, the so, two sides of you, yeah. and you were part of this uh, this crew that I had heard of prior to meeting you called mm-hmm. Sisters of the Underground. Yep. And it's this all-female breakdancing crew that taught. I mean, you gave lessons, mm-hmm. and you were just this posse around the city. Mm-hmm. And then I meet you, and I'm like, "What? You're into the underground? I want to learn." And then I hurt my knee, and then yeah, and then I was like, "I'll you're watch. Still, I'll just watch you." 
You were still shucking and jiving. I got my own moves. Yeah. 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 I work around the, the, the pain. Yeah, but definitely. yeah, so let's talk about breakdancing. Yeah. How did you get into that? So yeah, so um so decided I was gonna stay and nursing was a way for me to be able to actually also break dance too, which is kind of a funny thing, but <laughs> as that's you do. what I did. Yeah. yeah. I'm just imagining so. in the in the the green uh, scrubs, scrubs I, I, I just entered. like a breakdancing yeah. circle I like, did that a couple while times. all the clients are asleep <laughs> yeah I know right one of my best battles was in scrubs but so um yeah so Sisters of Underground was uh, uh all female hip it was actually a hip-hop collective um and then we branched like the breaking part of it was extra credit crew so mm, that's right um yeah. yeah but I mean that happened kind of later so we, we all went together so we had um Selsky D'Android were our like resident DJs um and you know the little one that they trained yeah yeah a little bite size <laughs> Selsky was supposed to DJ initially our uh, bitch talk 300th party mm-hmm. then we got uh her she she's a mentor to DJ bite size who's incredible oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway yeah, yeah. so yeah, just a lot of really talented folks. So we were really blessed to be able to do shows with, at the time, people that were kind of up and coming, but also pretty known, like local legends, you know, Zion I, um, Guapale, um, Lyrics Born, he doesn't remember because, you know, <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. But um, all these folks, you know, like Bay Area people, people from Hyro. Anyways, we, we were kind of thrown in the mix as dancers that would care us one. Like we had all folks, you know. And I took it for granted because I was like, oh, here we go. We have a Karis one show that we're going to dance on stage, you know. <laughs> but because I always, always still wanted to go to bed early. But anyway, so <laughs> so I would dance with these girls. And basically, there's this other group. But there's these guys called um, Hound Dog Truckers that became later Rock Force. Well, they went off into other groups. Not became, but they became absorbed by other bigger crews, um, Rock Force, Renegades, all that. So when I first came here, I saw them dancing, doing street shows in front of The Gap. Mm-hmm. And um, this is before Sisters, and I wanted to be a part of that. And they were super mean. And <laughs> this was going to be my next topic: yeah, yeah, was yeah. how did you how did you feel being received as a yeah. female in in a, in a male yeah. hip hop? Well, especially because everybody was really young then too, so all the chauvinism and all that shit was like on fleek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, someone told me I was really old for saying on fleek. Yeah, the I other say day. Th- I say like crunk, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like, what is it now? Yeah. What's the new word? And I yeah. hate the new words I always. Know, I'm like, like that them. word sucks. Yeah, I know. So, so yeah, so they were, they were there and they, you know, they didn't think, I honestly did not have skills at that time. I'll like, let's be real, but there was very, there was no women doing it. So they were like, sure, whatever. And then they were super (laughs) anal about, you know, us getting skills to actually be able to be dancing even close to them, um, which I am so thankful for. I I can appreciate pushing you to be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, I mean, Profo, Junior, there's all these people that like, you know, some people were in that scene will know, but they really were on us to like get our get our footwork, get everything like that, which which resulted in us advancing pretty quick. And then because we're a little bit more welcoming and loving, people started asking us to teach and they didn't ask them, which was actually honestly shitty. But mm. like if they're not going to be receptive and, you know, if they're going to be super B-boy, super hardcore, like mm-hmm. they don't really want those folks in the schools teaching kids. Like that's the thing that happened. You know, that, That's what I was going to yeah. say. If you're going to perceive yourself as as this one image then you have to deal with the repercussions of that and and yeah and that's normal for young men I mean they all go through that it's like butting heads you know Mm -hmm. we go and so that's what happened with that so we wound up getting lots of teaching gigs um we had a program called definitive education deaf ed where we would go into schools and um instead of PE we would have breaking stuff like that um I got into breaking I kind of stuck with breaking which was like really acrobatic and stuff because even though I'm bigger, I still had a lot of body control, but I honestly like that's not what know. I heard. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. 
but um, yeah, you sorry, saw me drunk on. on the party bus. Go on, go on. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyways, but I really enjoyed popping because I always think people are super, they look all gangster and and it just, yeah, like the swag is really cool with popping. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, my body size and my body type kind of works more with popping and strutting. So now I'm doing mostly that. Um, cool. And kind of starting over in terms of foundation and just really drilling myself. But the the discipline that I got from breaking um, has made it so that I've been able to, I think, a little bit quicker than than I would have without it. Um, advance a little bit more in popping to like somewhere where I feel comfortable at least. So yeah, street style, street dance is kind of my my home. Um, it's where I'm most comfortable. We did tons of shows. I can now I like never get really nervous. Battles I still get nervous, but. Um, cool. Yeah. So well, well, and and that leads me to another portion of your life. Uh, mm-hmm. This whole thing with Brazil. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. How did you decide that you wanted to travel to Brazil and then eventually make it your second home? Mm-hmm. And that and I want to tell my story of when I yeah. met, met up with you in Brazil. I, oh my god, and it I was such an epic story, yeah. part of my yeah. journey. Anyway, you yeah. can start with yeah, yeah, how Brazil came up for sure. Um, so yeah, so from all that breaking stuff. Um, I had the bright idea to apply for a Fulbright for breaking, <laughs> which my dad told me I would never get. And so I did. I applied and I got it. And then I had like a <laughs> reprieve and, you know, I was the golden child for about two years. And then I started to. <laughs> oh, that I, you'll never forget that. Yeah. That was a good moment. Right. But then it just faded away as I wasn't doing enough. You just got Fulbright after. tatted on your forehead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just in case they forgot for yeah, a minute. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, so it was amazing. I got to go. I mean, when I first went to Brazil, honestly, the reason why I went to Brazil before the Fulbright and the reason why I decided to do the Fulbright is because a lot of people have thought I was Brazilian. Um, and then I did Capoeira, which honestly I had no idea about. I was like, what the hell is this stuff? Don't they speak Spanish? Like, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, tried it, liked it, um, stopped doing it because it was kind of messing with my breaking. But then I decided to go to Brazil on my own. Um, met this guy who was formerly a woman who was born in this favela in Rio de Janeiro. It's like one of the biggest favelas in the world. And um, he asked Can me... Can you explain what a favela is? Yes, for absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, an urban slum. So if you see, if you if you all are familiar with Brazil, there's a lot of different like shantytown kinds of things and shacks on the hills and that's where it is. City it's, of God. Yeah, exactly. If you say that, people know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically where I lived when I was there for the for the time. And it was pretty surreal. But, um, and, you know, it's weird when you're living in a war zone, you start like, it's like normal. It's amazing mm-hmm. what people can be used to. The resiliency um, yeah, of it's, a community. Yeah, you yeah. see the headlines and you're like, oh, shit, that's, oh, I guess that's where I'm at, you know. But mm-hmm. anyway, so so when I went there, um, I just went into the favela because I'm stupid. And when Or I, are you? <laughs> yeah. What came of it? Yeah, so, so, go, yeah, yeah, so I went up into this little little house and um, actually wound up randomly another girl who's a breaker, a, a B-girl from L.A., I had no idea. Like I hadn't seen her in forever, and for some reason she was there. And this favela, like of now, it's pr- yeah, <laughs> now this favela is a little bit more like known. It's kind of things are getting pacified, so it's it would make sense. But there was no, there was no reason for her to be there. Dan. Yeah. And so, anyways, I, 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 for just a break for our listeners, yeah. are you starting to understand how she's kind of like <laughs> the beautiful, intelligent Forrest Gump? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just end up in these situations, oh. and I'm like, all right, just go on, oh, yeah. just go on. Yeah, my dad used to always say, um, God protects babies and fools so that's <laughs> me. I'm not a baby so so yeah so I went and up to this place extremely violent situation I mean um I mean that could be gotten into at any point but that's not really the point of where we're at it's also a really beautiful place um and so I learned Portuguese pretty quickly 
I had a lot more Spanish. Oh before. yeah, it's so easy. It is not easy. <laughs> I thought my oh I know Spanish. I'm gonna be be good in Brazil. It is not. It does not translate. But if you're there a little bit, you but you there lived there, yeah. so yeah. But still, it's yeah. not that easy. No. You, you make it sound like it's just oh you know yeah. it comes. It's like I mean I have a I have I will say that I have an ability for language because my first language wasn't fully English. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes sense. But also, you know, I also think that humans have an innate ability and, and really want to communicate with each other. Like, that's what we want as a species. And so when we just tap into that and don't really treat yourself like a child and don't get scared about what, how you sound and stuff, that's, right. that's really our worst enemy. Yeah. So I don't know. Gabby, the mother of the nomadic family, she always says, I don't know is the best place to be when you're traveling. Right. Yeah. And also... And be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, well, just as a reference... I. <laughs> This one guy went to um, this word I made sure I knew <laughs> because I didn't want to make this mistake. But he went to the bakery and he said, I'd like, um, I'm going to say it in English, he said, I'd like uh, 12 dicks. <laughs> <laughs> because pão, pão is bread and um, no, pão is, yeah, pão is bread and pão is cock. So he Wait, said he say wanted, it again. There was a difference? Pão, pão is bread and pão. Pão and pão. And pão. So yeah. one is the softer and yeah. one is the harder. One has the little oh, like thing. Hey, on. Yeah. <laughs> the harder one is the Whoa. cock. <laughs> I'm here all day, folks. Yeah. Damn. So okay. that I was like, that was the only thing I wanted to learn. I made sure <laughs> that I didn't make that mistake because I could just see how much they were laughing. I and like that because in any situation in life, you're probably either asking for food or dick. <laughs> I mean, it's just I could kind of think of any situation and it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll get you far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I so, just ask, how yeah. were you received? You walk into this favela. Yeah. How were you received? You didn't speak Portuguese. No, I tried to keep my mouth shut for a while. Um, Where did you live? How did you? I so the guy that that guy that I had met out here, he's like, hey, you dance. Do you want to teach it where I grew up or whatever? I was like, sure. And so he literally gave me a piece of paper with a number of this dude on it. And I got a plane ticket and quit my job and went like Forrest Gump exactly (laughs) um, to Brazil and like got the payphone, called this number, hoping that I was going to find this dude. My parents were both shitting themselves, um, yeah. but told me later. And so, yeah, so then I met him. He brought me up to the top of this thing. He knew some, he knew a decent amount of English, but I, God bless him. Like he, even the English he knew, he wouldn't speak to me in English because he could tell that I, my brain could kind of understand what was going on. And he just only spoke to me in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, my horrible Portuguese got better and better. And since I look Brazilian, people, I mean, even to this day, I'll be in Brazil. And like now, because my accent is different, most of the time people are like, oh, you're from somewhere else in Brazil or you're, you've been in the U.S. for a while. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. what I usually get. That's the best compliment you can get. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I feel so special. So that's, that's all. Well, okay. So that's down. where I'm going to cut into us. We planned oh, yeah. a trip, uh, mm-hmm. me and two friends, one of which is the reason I met you, who was mm-hmm. your uh, ex-roommate. Yeah. We decide we're going to have three, a three to four month trip to South America, starting in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marina, thankfully, was there. And we're like, okay, yeah, let's meet up. We mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck we're getting ourselves into, right? We meet up at the <laughs> beach. We're yeah, just yeah. like, what's up? Yeah, let me show you where I'm staying. <laughs> And all of a sudden, we're walking up through the favela. Hoshina? Oh, yeah, Hoshina? Is uh, that how Hosea. you pronounce it? Hosea. Yeah. And the the irony of this favela is it's it, it couldn't be in a more beautiful location. Yeah, it's it's cool. on a hill yeah. overlooking the beaches of Brazil. Mm-hmm. The, the iconic uh, postcards that you'd buy of Brazilian beaches, some of those photos could have been taken from the doorsteps of this favela. Yeah. And it's a, it's a maze, essentially. Like, it, there's no st- streets. There's no num- uh, 
home numbers. They're, they're barely homes right. most of the time. Yeah. And you were just walking through and you knew the place so well. You were waving at people along the way. And we are <laughs> walking in the middle of this huge slum. And it was just like the amount of like, wow, respect. <laughs> and it was just such, it was in the beginning of my traveling life. Yeah. I was still pretty much a novice at it. And yeah, like just yeah. kind of getting my feet wet. And I was just like the amount of, immersing that you had done mm-hmm. it just kind of blew me away and then when I found out that you had been teaching kids break dancing and <laughs> we met some of the kids and they break danced for us yeah. in this favela I mean I was getting like chills just remembering yeah. that moment it was, like it was so special yeah. and I'd already looked up to you I already knew that you were special but that was just a whole new level yeah I'm like so thank you because I think that you really taught me in that moment what I wanted my traveling life to be. And it was to be in the more indigenous parts of the world and really connect with those people because that's where I found such Mm -hmm. heart and such love and such community. Yeah, absolutely. And And that's like where the real, the real, it gets real. Yeah. And I mean, like, look at the stuff and that's kind of what your travel trajectory has been since then. So Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, it was a big part because of you. Absolutely. That was, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, that, that moment. I have so many good pictures of that day anyway. I need them. But um, I don't know. (laughs) Just as a side yeah. note, still to this day, one of my favorite books is Shantaram. I don't know if you ever read it. No. It's uh, Gregory David Roberts. Anyway, he talks about um, living in India, in the slums of India. And mm. when I read it, it just took me back oh, to that yeah. moment with you yeah. in, in the favela. I should totally read that. Yeah. yeah. There was actually, interesting. one of the reasons why I got to know that place pretty well, I mean, among others, I had to know, you know, to teach the kids and sometimes take care of s- certain situations that would come up, right? As a nurse as well. You yeah, them. yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was like violence prevention coupled with, you know, body awareness through dance and all this kind of stuff. Um, but there was a guy from Sri Lanka, not India, but Sri Lanka and close ish to that part of the world. And um, basically he was an architect. He was, you know, came from a pretty poor community there and like worked really hard and really wanted to use architecture to make a scale model of the slums of where he grew up. And then also he was looking at like where I was at in Brazil as kind of a pilot for that Mm. and so I had to go around with him and be his translator um to like for plumbing stuff and all this other random shit (laughs) so like because of that I also learned the ins and outs of that I mean I knew places are there that were people didn't know because I had to because of that experience too Mm -hmm. um but yeah like it was and part of my joy was honestly like bringing my dad up there you know to to the top of the fellow bringing you guys like and there's also very there's I wouldn't do that stuff with everybody right because absolutely you, you it's, just, it's not yeah, for everyone yeah really. I mean as another it, like, it's hard to see also it's right, hard right it's, um, there's yeah. so much beauty in it but there's also so much pain and, sure and, yeah 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 and I mean there's just as a, uh, also another thing is like the reason why I mean there's one guy that I had met that I knew I wouldn't ever travel with but I met him there um and he and I went to a soccer game with a friend of mine from Brazil and we almost died because he acted like an idiot like that's how serious I take it when I invite people into Mm -hmm. those kinds of spaces you know Mm -hmm. and to this day I feel like you know we were just talking earlier about traveling alone right and Mm -hmm. I think traveling alone is kind of the way to go I think we both agreed on that Mm -hmm. um you know, I wound up doing it like not necessarily wanting to in the beginning, but part of it is because if you get stuck with people that you wind up having to take care of, 
it can just completely ruin everything, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't know when people are in their most vulnerable states how they're going to act. Right. And none of you guys were like that. Like, I could just, when we were out at that party, too, like, we could do our own thing, even though you didn't speak English mm-hmm. whatever, or Portuguese. Oh, God, I forgot about that party. Wow. Yeah. And then we learned the <laughs> We le- went to yeah. a party also. Yeah, we yeah. did some, like, beautiful yeah. favela community, and then we went yeah. to a party. Too. So the, the street party, let me just say, <laughs> all these guys were all over the pack of, like, what they thought was Japanese. <laughs> ladies, <laughs> brown skin oh Japanese ladies, Japanese, Japanese, yeah. little kids are like yeah. slanting their yes. eyes at us, and yeah. we're like, "Whoa, yeah, okay. yeah." So yeah, so that was that oh, was happening, God. and then yeah, Brazil is a very friendly. And the place. way that we got <laughs> the way that we got them away from us was that I told them what the the word was for lesbian, <laughs> <laughs> but then they were like, "Oh, oh," and <laughs> we're like, like, "No, that doesn't mean down, anything." Still yeah. down, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it was, yeah, it was a fun time. It was a good time. Um, yeah. But, but I think I think one thing that, so not only were you teaching them about their bodies, how to dance, how to be yeah. creatively express yourself, but as a nurse, yeah. that's so useful in places like slums and favelas where one person gets sick and everybody's sure. sick. Yeah. And uh, outbreaks mm-hmm. and um, yeah. it just, because you're living in such close quarters and, and nothing's ever clean. There's no, nothing's clean. Yeah. So on like what you, I'm sure you have some crazy stories. Yeah, so two two things happened. One was this little girl, I'd never had lice in my life. And oh, like, well, I but can't then, say that. <laughs> right, I know. But then it's a tropical place and this one little girl would come and she'd always be scratching around. I was like everybody I'm snuggling everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I got lice, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like shit, you know, and then <laughs> I'm constantly itching my head and then I got rid of it. Mind you, we had no water. Like our waters would get shut off quite often and power would get shut off and it's like 115 with 80% humidity. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'd have to teach like three breaking classes, so I'd get a little water bottle and like do hot spot cleaning and then like go back and do that and try to figure it out with the I lice. I think that's called a hook bath exactly a whole bath yeah <laughs> so i would so i'm trying to scrape this lice with the alcohol that i'd buy from the store and like killing them and scraping them out and then i finally got it i'd spend the whole day getting the lice gone and then i'd go teach and then i get it again and then i came back i was like which one of you little shitheads had the lice and she's like oh chia it was her it was her and they're all making fun of her or whatever so i found out it was my favorite one that got that gave me lice oh. every time and Still worth yeah. it. Worth, so, the, worth the snuggles, though. I know. So I got that. And then the other thing that happened was that um, there's dengue is really common there. And especially the season I was at, um, one of the times was uh, dengue season. And everybody on my block, uh, everybody in my like little area, all the Brazilians there, everybody, like everybody's Brazilian there anyways, but they all got dengue. And... Um, and I didn't get it, and I'm convinced because it was because I found out that inyame, which is, oh, what is the word in English? I don't want to say taro. Maybe it's taro. Um, the root. Taro root. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you if you cook, if you boil that and you eat that, and like I would make burgers out of it, I would do all this stuff, but it, it's a blood cleaner. So it basically um, cleans all the shit out of your blood. And so wow. I, I force fed it to the little girl I was yeah. with, and then I ate it, and none of us got it. Um, and then, like, when we didn't have water, I doused this other little girl's head in alcohol and put a plastic bag on it <laughs> and slept with her. <laughs> MacGyver that shit. Yeah. There's got to be a way. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a whole situation. Yeah, I mean, I would be sleeping and roaches would be in my shirt. Like, that's how it was going down. So what is your relationship with Brazil now? You go annually uh, and you're still yeah. part of this community. And- yeah. So that was, I mean, for a while I would go back and people would be like, hey, where have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. And it's like, I haven't. I don't live there, you know, but now I don't now like we there's a bunch of stuff that's happened since then. Um, I actually got a 
the the Brazilian crew of females that I'm a part of, Brazil style B girls, they um I got them a grant so that they could come and do like a historic tour of breaking sites in New York. I didn't get that for them, but I helped them so that they could could get an in. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so the State Department gave them that, and I, I work with them quite a bit because Fabiana Baldwin, she's she does so much work. Um, in terms of trying to help out her community through dance as a means to kind of catalyze to get other professions and things like that too. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm quite close with them. They live in Brasilia, so it's really far away. Brazil's almost as big as the United it's States. So it's huge. huge. Yeah, people don't realize that. Um, so I, I see them. I also go and, you know, I've taught in other little cities, other little places I spent. I went with Loco Bloco as a teaching artist to um, Bahia. And oh, was able that's to, my yeah. Fave. Salvador we, de ba- Bahia. Yeah, yeah, Bahia. Yeah. yeah. So we would do like blocos and all kinds of other things, you know, um, like uh, Iliaye. There's a bunch of houses out there that do kind of also. We did an exchange with them, made some music. Um, so yeah, I have kind of these informal, whatever, basically whatever happens, I just say yes and I go and do it. And that's kind of my relationship. And then I try to see as many friends as I can when I go. Sweet. Yeah. I love it. Well, our time is getting close. I'm, yeah. I'm really sad about that, yeah. but um, I just think that, and we and we have a treat. You're gonna sing for us, so yeah. I want to give you a fair amount of time for that. But sure. I just wanted to say that's not even the end of the story. We no. could have <laughs> to be continued. I mean, Part you come two. home and all this other, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and she has like you're a doula. You just did a vipassana, which I really yeah. wanted to talk yeah, about yeah. really quickly. Sure, yeah. Uh, can you tell me how you got into the vipassana and? Yeah, so... um, And what it is first for our listeners. Yeah, Vipassana, oh man. Okay, so it's a technique to get out of, to alleviate suffering, which the theory, you know, is that we're, as human beings, we're born into a world of suffering. And so, you know, not to depress people, but like there is a tool to get out of it. So this is one of the most ancient um, techniques of meditation. Um, Gautama Buddha is the person that, you know, is associated with that, but it's not Buddhism per se. It's a technique, and he didn't even want a sect named after him. So it's basically just the technique itself applied to today. Um, And it's basically going in and the things that lead to suffering are are craving and aversion, right? That's that's what the theory is. And so you see, you get a sensation from outside and you either want more of that or you're trying to avoid it. And that's what leads to suffering. So Mm -hmm. what we do is observe that inside of our bodies, um, sitting for long periods of time. I mean, the meditation, when I go to Vipassana is we're doing 10 days, so it's nine hours a day that you're meditating. And then you have like little breaks in between. You start kind of hallucinating. It's a little, it's super trippy. Yeah. So no, um, no speaking at all. No speaking. You get very simple meals. Yeah. No and, eye contact. And you're living in yeah. this place for 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and it's, it's very challenging. And so I came to it because my friend's boyfriend had told me about it. And I always was a little bit curious. Um, I went and like, I told my mom about it and my mom was like, you have to go. And she's not really even into any of that stuff, but she, for some reason she wanted me to go. So I did it. Um, so many emotions, so many things come up. Um, yeah. And so basically, so going back to that really quickly, you, once you observe the inner environment in your body and you see that you could be sitting in the same position, the same time doing everything the same, but for some reason your right toe is like on fire. Right. And yesterday that did not happen. Like you have no idea why that's happening, but then you just look at it as like, this is what's happening. It's not pain. It's just, it is what it is. And then 
in everything arises to pass away. So that's the theory too, is that like, it's gonna, it's not gonna be forever. It's a Nietzsche. Just, yeah, exactly. Just like life. Um, so everything passes the good yeah, and the bad. Yeah. So once I, you do that and you get kind of master that inside your own body, it makes it so that you almost feel like you're living a game the rest of the hours of your day. You're just looking at it like, okay, so how am I going to handle the situation? You just become more of an observer. And in a high stress environment, like I do have with my work and mm-hmm. other community things that I do, in order for me to be an advocate and somebody that helps for other folks that are experiencing trauma, I have to really have my shit on lock. And so mm-hmm. the traumas subsequently after that that I experienced that we probably won't get have time to get into here. When I came back shortly after having that sit, my mom got a terminal illness, um, died in three months, and then my dad unexpectedly died 11 days later. So wrapping that whole thing up, I knew that that Vipassana, like that came to me for a reason. And then the next one that I went to go sit, this woman was freaking out because afterwards she told me I always wanted my dad to come with me and afterwards she told me she's like do you have a someone in your life some man that looks a lot like you and I was like yeah I mean I did he passed away and she's like there was a man he like standing there. meditating behind us the whole 10 days oh my and god so you know that gift they say that the only gift that you can the only way you can repay your karmic debt to your parents is by teaching giving them the dharma which is this you know the the nature the universal law and how you would apply it through vipassana through your meditation and i wasn't completely able to do that as a living uh, when my parents were alive but i feel like i'm doing that now in their passing and my mom gave me that gift already to give to my dad right um and afterlife so yeah so it's just been this this constant thing and it just keeps giving me more and more and so i'm gonna keep doing it you know as hard as it is (sighs) Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> so there's that. I'm going to start subject. breaking down right now. But um, no, no, it's fine. And this is what I just I love you so much. I hope you know that. And um, through the adversity that you faced, you somehow managed to shine through it and it makes you better. And that doesn't happen for a lot of people. And I'm one of them, you know, like you go through hard things and it's hard to channel that pain to something positive. And sure. you're an example of that. So thank you. Thank you. And yeah, love you. Nothing for me. OK, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So this music thing, mm-hmm. you've always been interested in and always done, but now yeah. you've, you're recording more seriously, right? Yeah. Um, so I have a couple. I did a song that had been played out a lot, actually. A bunch of DJs were playing it. And actually, I found out they used that some dance competition in, like, I don't know, France somewhere. I'm like, where are my royalties people? And yeah. it's on Spotify, and what I have fu- no idea. <laughs> so wow. That, I'm all like, right. all right, this is cool if you whatever. if you're going to france to perform it live i will be yeah. your backup dancer i yeah, know that that's I, I what you were gonna say they know it's I don't know what's <laughs> going on. i don't even know it's me i don't even know but so yeah i've just been writing music having fun and we'll see what happens the guitar is uh, you know actually no excuses just gonna go if you want to hear more music from marina please find her on soundcloud under nurse bugs that's n-u-r-s-e-b-o-o-g-z on Instagram, you can find her at Marina underscore nurse underscore boogie. That's B double O G Y. And in Facebook, you can find her as Marina Nurse Boogie Stenkov Hodge. So, this song, um, it's kind of appropriate because um, we, of what we had just talked about. So, it's for my parents, probably by them too. Um, here we go. It might have been an illusion, but it was a beautiful illusion to me. The woman I love, she up and left me. It might have been an illusion, but at the moment it was all I could see. My daddy left me to be with his one and only. 
But that kind of love It only comes From up above It's clear to me Y'all hear me And it don't seem right Without y'all by my side And it don't feel right But I'm, I'm doing just fine Mama, I think I love you As a matter of fact, it's all I ever do, do, do Mama, it's clear to me All I ever want is you and my everything my, And I really didn't need it, baby The pain we're capable to feel My world turned inside out When it's you, I needed you around one angel split apart Two people earthly dark Experience on this earthly plane Come together Who to feel whole again And it's through you That I learned how to be such a strong and capable lady And it's through you, through you, all through you That I learned how to love, how to be the one I'm dreaming of Oh, shun, shango, yansayamaja Através de cada um Através da natureza Tô aprendendo como ser essa mulher fabulosa And it's through you, through you, all through you That I learned how to be such a strong and capable lady And it's through you I learned how to love, how to be the one I'm y'all by my side but I know I'm capable cause it's how y'all raised me
Oh then, my God! Wow, that was. <laughs> and then you hit me with the Portuguese and the breakdown. Oh, Ooh. that oh, was thank amazing. You. Thank you so much for sharing your life with us. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Thanks. Bitch, please. <laughs>